0: Welcome to The Broadband Bunch, a podcast about broadband and how it impacts us all. Join us to learn about the state of the industry and the latest innovations and trends. Connect with the thought leaders, pioneers, and policymakers helping to shape your future through broadband. This episode of The Broadband Bunch is sponsored by ETI Software, your zero-touch automation experts. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Broadband Bunch. I'm Joe Coldabella and we're here at the Upstate Rural Broadband Conference sponsored by the Southern Tier 8 Association. Joining me is Curtis Hansen, the Broadband Program Manager for the Appalachian Regional Commission. Curtis, welcome to the Broadband Bunch.
1: Thank you for having me, Joe.
0: Hey, it's uh, really exciting to have you on the show. Um, before we sort of dive into the topic at hand, I would love it if you give a little background on yourself and just give the listeners sort of um, who you are and then we'll we'll go from there.
1: Yeah, thank you. Uh, So like you said, my name is Curtis Hanson. I'm newer to the Appalachian Regional Commission. I've only been there for about a year. Uh, Before that I ran the network planning team for a regional ISP out west, and before that I was an officer in the Air Force working on research and development uh, program management.
0: Thank you for your service. Yeah, of course. And then so um, the the ARC, um, could you give us a little history in in terms of the, the the, the leadership as well. Obviously, when we do
1: podcasts, we, we speak with, with local people, state people, federal, but uh, regional is really important as well. Yeah, ARC is the original regional commission that was uh, f- founded by an act of Congress back in 1965 okay Uh, so at that time the Appalachian State Governors got together and and asked for a little bit of assistance from the federal government a little bit uh, of additional partnership uh, and what Congress did is they came together and said let's form a regional commission Uh, so since that day uh, they've they've been working to fund different initiatives and partner with state and local governments and entities just like Southern Tier 8 uh, to bring different resources into these communities and to help these communities gain better access to different federal agencies uh, and yeah. So our current leadership is, uh, we are led by a presidential appointee. Her name's Gail Manchin. She's the former First Lady of West Virginia. Okay. Uh, she sits across a state co-chair, and, and they work together to find uh, priorities and projects that we should be funding uh, and initiatives that can help further the economic output of the Appalachian region.
0: Okay. So so has broadband always been part of one of the pillars, or is it one of those things now it's, it's just... Move to the forefront with, with obviously the pandemic and, and uh, the, the importance of connectivity.
1: Yeah. So most recently, uh, you know, broadband has been made a priority, and it's been double underlined and highlighted by <laughs> yeah. by the COVID pandemic. Uh, before that, though, ARCU has been a really early funder of broadband projects. I think even just here in in the southern tier uh, of New York, they've been funding broadband projects since you know, the mid-90s, this is pre-broadband, and and before that, doing different uh, telecommunication projects going back as far as 40 to 50 years. Okay. So it's been recognized by different rural communities for a long time, that being connected, to the outside world is very important for their outcomes and ARC works to uh, works with local leaders to get funding for good projects and when when local leaders saw that this was a need ARC was there to help them uh, make that into a newer reality
0: so ARC's mission is, is is primarily focused
1: in economic development in terms of for the region correct yeah economic development and we pursue that through a number of different ways. Broadband is currently housed in the critical infrastructure division, uh, but there are a number of different priorities. Awesome. So
0: we're here at this this event, this um, the Southern Tier event. Um, Greg uh, Jen Gregory and her team has been absolutely awesome. How important is it? Stuff our, our events like this. Um,
1: in terms of just developing broadband in, in, in regional net networks like yours? Well, I think that, and this is, you know, I didn't make this saying up, this is a saying that I actually read in a grant application, so we'll have to figure out the attribution later. <laughs> okay. uh, but, you know, when you've seen one rural town, you've seen one rural town. And, and every different rural community is different, and that's why you can't just copy-paste a program that worked somewhere else and parachute it into a new community. You have to have these kind of uh, events and conversations so that the ecosystem that exists here, the specific uh, leaders, the specific service providers, the specific uh, you know challenges that they're facing and opportunities that they have. Uh, it's important that you have those conversations at a very local level so that that local community can come up with the solutions that work best for them.
0: No, I couldn't agree more. It's like, right, they have all the same problems, but all those problems are different because everyone has has, um, different priorities, different problems. Yes. And so it's really important to come together in events like these as a way to collaborate because ultimately um, what works for one um, uh, town or or area could be sort of a North Star for other folks, which is is always really important. Exactly. So... um, so, in terms of closing the digital, digital divide for your area, um, is it primarily, um, in terms of funding, is it, is it um, state funding, is it um, private funding? How about how does uh, does
1: your area get funding? So, ARC specifically uses our uh, funding from Congress uh, to do what we can to bring private investment into okay. these communities. You know, our, our grants are typically matched with maybe private investment. It could be matched with uh, local. Uh, cash right from a local government or from even state governments uh, so it's a big mix and again I think it depends in each area where you're gonna find those partners who will bring that match funding uh, to to bear okay so right just to in terms of collaboration
0: it's important to get everybody involved
1: yeah yeah I think everyone needs to be involved and ARC uh, does a really good job I think of working with each community individually, which means that we're very flexible in our approach and we have uh, the ability to be fairly customized uh, depending on what resources are available and where the momentum exists in those different communities.
0: Awesome, and so obviously you you spoke today as one of the keynote speakers and uh, there there were three pillars that you focused on that you wanted to really make sure that communities address. I would love it if we could sort of Touch on each one, um, the first being universal
1: access. How important is that? Uh, so, universal access, I think again, COVID highlighted uh, the need for access to be universal. If, if you've left a part of your community behind, they will be left behind indefinitely and in a meaningful way, which makes it really hard for your local economy to develop.
0: No, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that's one of the, the overriding sort of themes that I'm getting is that if you're going to want to, if you're going to be able to participate. In the, the, the future economic sort of uh, engine that, that we're creating, uh, connectivity is so essential. Exactly. Uh, the second area that you spoke to, spoke upon was quality as well. I was wondering if you could touch on that.
1: Yeah, so quality, uh, you know, has a lot, a lot of different flavors. It does indeed, for sure. Yeah, but, you know, most people are concerned about speed, and I think that making sure that we have high-speed networks that have a good quality of speed is important. Uh, we're also, though, make, want to make sure that our local communities are served well with uh, low-latency applications or, you know, low packet loss and jitter and, and high-quality of experience for adaptive bitrate streaming applications because, Broadband experience in the home and in the business is more than just a speed number. Uh, what matters is that you're able to conduct your, your business online, that you're able to attend classes online, uh, or able you know able to Zoom call uh, your loved ones online.
0: No, it's really important where it's also, if you've got a family, you want to have everybody online because everyone is doing different things, has, have, has different interests, so it's critical that the quality is there as well does does um the arc have uh, any sort of um threshold in terms of what you'd like to reach in terms of uh speeds or is it
1: yeah so arc um for several years now has been pushing the envelope in terms of what is an acceptable speed uh for broadband i think right now our, our current defined thresholds are 100 by 100 for business and 50 by 10 for residential um if if you don't have those speeds, then you qualify to be funded under ARCs rules.
0: Okay, and then in terms of uh, is, are in, uh, I guess my question would be, uh, in terms of speeds, is there is there any areas in terms of satellite um, fiber? Uh, cable are those all on the table or is one of those things where you guys are moving in one direction or another
1: so we do try to lean towards what you generally hear referred to as future-proof technologies. sure. sure. Uh, and and what we know is that really again we're looking to the local governments to decide what is the right fit for them so we are flexible uh, as they are looking for the solution that's a good fit for their community
0: Right. So I, I, would, I would assume that uh, you would like fiber, but in terms of just sometimes some communities need to be served before they can even, you know, they need to, to crawl before they can even walk or run.
1: Right. And, and the difference between no broadband and some broadband is an immense difference. And so especially given the, the duration of some of these build outs uh, that you're seeing, to have something soon uh, can make a really big difference for the trajectory of a community.
0: So, and then speaking of that as well, as you spoke about affordability because um, that's critical as well because it, even if you have access to it, if you can't afford it, then it's, it's really for naught.
1: Exactly. And, and a lot of what we see in some of the more distressed parts of Appalachia is that uh, you know, more people have a harder time affording broadband services at their home, which means that even though the infrastructure might be there, they are still left outside in the cold. And so with that, you have an initiative, which is the uh, ACE initiative? Yep. Uh, the Appalachian Community Enrollment Campaign. This is uh, an expertly named campaign. If I, just I, say I love it. Up. I thank love you, it. I'm a, big,
0: I'm a big poker fan. So <laughs> There
1: you go. Yeah, there's a lot of good poker analogies there. Yeah, so the Appalachian uh, Community Enrollment Campaign is brand new. Uh, we will be partnering with the FCC's outreach division to try to do a road trip through the region and hit communities in need and we tried to estimate uh, the number of homes that would be eligible for the ACP program uh, and then get data from uh, the FCC on enrollments in the ACP program to understand where are the most people who have not yet enrolled but might be eligible to do so. And then we're partnering with local leaders and even like hyper-local community leaders uh, to gain access to the constituents, right, these residents on the ground who need to learn about ACP and then figure out how to enroll. Because ultimately,
0: the big fear is that um, there's going to be a lot of money left on the table that will,
1: and then folks will not be able to to access um, broadband. Exactly. I think there's two fears there. Fear number one is that the money is just sitting in D.C. waiting for them, you know, gathering dust. And fear number two is that if, if as a community, you know, the U.S. doesn't show up and subscribe to ACP, there's always the risk that it won't be renewed for funding after its current funding expires.
0: Right. And, I, you know, it's one of those things is that we're, we're building out all this infrastructure, but then also at the end of the day, we got to make sure that we um, have it uh, to drive forward Exactly. as well.
1: Yeah. And I think the stat we called out today in the conference was that for example, in Appalachian, New York, uh, the, the people here today are leaving $36 million a year worth of federal funding on the table just because they haven't yet learned about ACP. So we're trying to do our part to make sure that they that they gain access to that funding.
0: Awesome, that that's incredible. Uh, you also um, uh, emphasized two points that you wanted to, to really get across. Um, um, the first one is to update their, their broadband plans as soon as possible. Uh,
1: why is that? Well, so the So a broadband plan is is going to be the – that's the roadmap for these communities to figure out how they will be solving their own infrastructure problem and their digital equity problem. And if they don't – if their broadband plan uh, doesn't talk about BEAD or IIJA, these these huge federal-funded programs, uh, it's it's less useful than if if they had taken the time to build a plan given the facts that we know today.
0: Okay, that's awesome. And then the second one um – is about uh, is about the Ace events themselves and how important it is. For folks to step up and um, to host these events.
1: Yes, exactly. And this, you know, the the key aspect of the ACE campaign is that we have access to those hyper-local leaders because I can't just show up in a town and set up a kiosk and expect to be successful. I need the partnership of the local trusted voices to bring the community to these events. And so I invited the attendees and I'll invite uh, your listeners. If you live in Appalachia and you think this would be a great opportunity for your community, please reach out to me. Me and we can see what we can do to get you added uh, to the map
0: that's awesome and, and I'll put in the show notes um, uh, links f- to those uh, for access and I guess um, as we begin to wind down uh, I always love to ask our listener or, I'm sorry our guests uh, two questions and the first question is our back to the future question I know you've only been in the role a short time but if I were to give you the keys to, to the DeLorean and you were to travel back in time and you were able to whisper in somebody's ear, you know, some, a little nugget that may have made this journey where you are right now a little bit easier. What would you say to them?
1: Ooh, that is a really tough and good question. Hey, listen, we 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 spare no
0: expense here at the broadcast. <laughs>
1: yeah, this is this is top shelf uh, questioning going on, Joe. Thank you so much. I, I think for me, the thing that would help me the most uh, today would be if if the people who came before me at ARC knew about IIJA. And what I mean by that is that ARC's approach is very grassroots and it's very community-led, which can mean that it's slow. So I think that what you're seeing today is that we actually have an IIJA kind of B deadline. There's all these really actually pretty urgent deadlines yeah. on the horizon, yeah. and ARC's systems and programs aren't really set up against urgent, specific deadlines. So being able to know that that was coming down the road might help us build some offerings that would help people have resources that they need to build those solid applications to make sure that they get all their fair share of the funding, but you know, it's, it's a big trade-off of it's really great to be community-driven and, and to have that flexibility, and the slow grassroots process does uh yield great results but and 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 the deadline is still looming so Deadlines, yeah. Those are those are crazy. And I would love it if, if you could sort of, if I could
0: give you the crystal ball and look, you know, three to five years in the future, you know, where do you see the region? Hopefully it's, it's a more well-connected region.
1: Yeah, I think I can completely see Appalachia standing up and getting their fair share of the IIJA funding, solving their infrastructure problem, doing a really good job via this ACE campaign to make sure that everyone who's eligible for the affordability programs has gained access. And then what I would really love to see uh, would be uh, evolved economies that are mature and that have migrated away from being based on, uh, you know, industries that, that have shelf lives. And I think that broadband is the key to doing that.
0: Awesome. No, I, I, this has been an awesome visit, Curtis. Um, if, if folks wanted to, to, to learn more about your organization, um, where could they go?
1: Yeah, so our website is a great resource. It has a lot of reports, maps, uh, explainers about who ARC is and how we were formed. It's ARC.gov, uh, easy to remember. Indeed, indeed. And then if you have any specific questions about Appalachia, broadband, uh, or you know, our work on different projects or in different areas, just shoot me an email. And and I'd be happy to to take your question.
0: And and your email is?
1: Yeah, it's chansen, H-A-N-S-E-N, chansen at arc.gov.
0: Awesome. Really appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Hopefully, uh, maybe in a year or so, if we're at this event again, I'd love to get you back on the mic and and see where we are in terms of progress.
1: Definitely, Joe. I look forward to it.
0: Awesome. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of The Broadband Munch. Until next time, we'll see you guys later.